Hello guys, my name is Rokey Bello. If you guys haven't heard of me, I'm a podcaster that wants to inform people about Nigerian history one podcast at a time. Through my podcast, I want to make sure the history of Nigeria is shared, is shared far and wide so everyone can appreciate the beauty and culture of my beloved country. Remember to follow me if you haven't and please spare my podcast on social media sites so more people can learn about Nigerian history and leave rings below to let me know how I'm doing. Thank you guys so much for helping the podcast reach 1,000 downloads. You guys are the reason why I do this podcast and you guys are the reason why this podcast will prosper. Today's fun fact is that the Nigerian National Anthem was created by five people. P.O. Agirepe, John A. Iachiku, Dr. Solta Umigui, and Eme Tim Akban, and B.A. Ugunake. It was adopted in, in 1978 and replaced the previous national anthem, Nigeria We Hail Thee, which was the anthem. The words were put to music by the Nigerian police band under the directorship of Benedict P. Obase. The historic collaborative effort resulted in a powerful and enduring anthem that remains an instrumental part of Nigeria's of Nigerian national identity. In today's episode, we'll be talking about Amandu Bello. Bello was born in Raba in 1910 to Malam Ibrahim Bello's family. Sarkin Raba was his father's title, and he was the great great uh, he was the great grandson of Sultan Muhammad Bello and grandson of Ufman Danfuhido, who was the founder of the Sokoto Caliphate. Bello was educated in a traditional Islamic theology, and his remarkable intelligence quickly led to his selection as a district head in his late teens. He took on the challenge of modernizing the Caliphate and laid the foundation for the modern Sokoto state. He obtained his Islamic education at home, where he learned the Quran, Islamic law, and Muhammad customs. He went on to attend Sokoto Provincial School in Castina Train College, now Berea College. He went by the name Ahmandu Rapa at school, and growing up he was known as Jamir. He graduated from high school in 1931 and he went on to teach English at Sokoto Middle School. Ahmandu Rapa then decided to pursue higher education enrolling in the teacher's training college in Kano. After his graduation, he returned to Sokoto and he was appointed a teacher at the Sokoto Middle School. Amandu Raba was well known for his strong work ethic and passion for teaching, and he was often the first to arrive at school and the last to leave. In 1934, Sultan Hassan Da Muzao appointed Bello as a district head of Raba, succeeding his brother. In a very short period of time, Amandu gained the trust of the Sultan and was made district head, a position of high importance in Sokoto. A Sultan is the male ruler of a Muslim country. The female equivalent is a Sultana. Bello's leadership skills and exemplary um, character qualities made him stand out, and so the Sultan chose Bello to succeed his brother as district head of Rabah. He was exemplary and he was soon promoted to divisional head of Gasau. 
and to the Sultan's council, both positions of high importance to Sokoro. He attempted to become the Sultan of Sokoro in 1938 at the age of 20, at the age of 28, but he was unsuccessful. He lost to Sir Sikid Abuka um, III, who ruled for 50 years until his death in 1988. Sir Mohamed Ubello was prompted was promptly appointed Sarduna, which means Crown Prince of Sokoro, a chief title. And, appoint, and was appointed to the Sokoro Native Authority Council by the new Sultan. Sir, uh, Sir Amandu Bello took advantage of this opportunity to help shape the Sokoro Native Authority Council. While he would go on to lead for many years, um, Sir Aham Amandu Bello had a major influence on the development of the Sokoro Native um, Authorities Council educational policies. He pushed for improved access to education for all people in the region, and these, de uh, these designations immediately made him the Sultan's chief political advisor. Later, he was sent to handle 47 districts in the Sokoto province, and by 1944, he was back in the Sultan's palace as chief secretary of the state's native administration. As a result, Sir Amandu Bello was widely recognized as a leader in the education of the area. His influence and dedication to the cause only increased over time. And in the 1940s, he joined Jamiha Aurora, which would eventually become the Northern People Congress NPC in 1951. In, 19, in the 1959 independence elections, Bello led the MPC to a, to a plurality of the parliamentary seats and formed an alliance with um, Namdi Azaki and CNC to create Nigeria's first indigenous federal government, with Bello remaining premier of northern Nigeria and um, Abaku Tawa Balewa becoming prime minister of the federation. Bello's tenure as uh, premier of northern Nigeria, of northern Nigeria, was a remarkable one, marked by progressive economic reforms and expansion of educational opportunities, and the development of infrastructure throughout the area and region. He proceeded to he proceeded to England on a government grant to study local government administration in 1948. Which, is, which improved his understanding and expertise of administration. Upon uh, uh, returning to Nigeria, he introduced the first um, regional scholarship scheme, which provided funding for, student, for students to study in England. His work was widely appreciated, and he quickly earned the title of being a visionary leader for his region. His time in office was like a gardener, tending to the neglected garden, taking his time and effort to cultivate it and creating a paradise of growth and opportunity. After returning from Britain, he was nominated to, re um, to represent the province of Sokoido in the Regional House of Assembly. He was nominated due to his extensive knowledge and expertise of the issues facing the region, making him a strong candidate for the position. As a member of the assembly, 
he was notable he was a notable voice for northern for north nigeria's interest he embraced a style of consultation and consensus with the major representatives of the northern emirates namely Kano, Bornu, and Sokoto. His diligence and consultation process were key in ensuring that the interests of the northern region were not overlooked, and he quickly became known as a respected and influential figure in the assembly. He was a key figure in the establishment of the Northern Proctoriates Development Board, an organization that was formed to ensure the development of the Northern Emirates. He was selected, among others, as a member of the committee that redrafted the Richards Con- uh, Constitution, and he attended a general conference in Ibadan, Nigeria. He held a delegation to the United Kingdom to discuss the Richards Constitution with the British government. His work as, at the assembly and brought and he brought in the Constitution Drafting Committee. Um, he was and brought and it brought him appreciation in the north and he was asked to take on leadership positions within Jamia Mutana Awiwa. In the first elections held in northern Nigeria in 1952, Sir Amandu Bello won a seat in the northern House of Assembly and became a member of the Regional Executive Council as Minister of Works. Bello was successfully Minister of Works, of Local Government, and of Community Development in the Northern region of Nigeria. In 1954, Bello became the first Premier of Northern Nigeria. With the support of the people, Bello was able to achieve the position of Premier and led the people of Northern Nigeria for the next decade. Bello embraced the indirect rule system of colonial Nigeria before gradually embracing reforms. Due to a, due, during his period of premiership, his biographer John Patton described him as a progressive conservative because he was an agent of change and also of the traditional elites. He balanced traditional and modern values, ensuring both co- could coexist in pre-independence Nigeria. For example, to promote the modernization of Nigeria, he actively encouraged the recruitment of educated Nigerians in the civil service, while at the same time ensuring Nigeria's uh, traditional customs were respected. Bello's leadership char- uh, characteristics were a blend of religious, traditional, and modern values, and his obligation in colonial and post-independence Nigeria was a... Uh, uh, and and he wanted to perform these different roles in the region, in the northern region. He became a bridge between traditional and modern worlds and allowing progress to be made while still perver- uh, preserving the values of the past. So Armand Dubello established the region's public service in the north. He did this to provide a more effective and um, efficient delivery of government services to the people. In the North administration, and the North administration was done through through indirect authority, and Western education was not valued highly in many regions. Sir Mahamadu um, Bello implemented a new system of direct rule in order to modernize the region and make it more efficient. He increased the access to Western education in order to increase the citizens' ability to participate in the modern world and leaders in the area 
um, and leaders in the area prohibited the recruitment of Southerners into Northern Regional Service due to political reasons. As a result, it became clear that Sir Mahamadou Bello was committed to development and modernization of the North while simultaneously protecting the region's identity and culture. Because Northerners saw um, expats as transients, and they yet feared southern control of the regional public service. The leaders preserved the services of um, of expatriates. This was done to ensure that the North maintained a balance of power between its own people and expats. They wanted to ensure that the North would remain independent and would not be taken over by an outsider. This was this would um, this was also seen as a way to protect the culture and values of the North, as they feared that Southern influence would um, dilute their identity. Efforts were made to provide education to Northerners, and a scholarship board granted funding to nearly all Northerners with qualifications to attend institutions. And in 1938, the decision was taken to provide post-secondary schooling, leading towards the establishment of a university in 1944. Apart from attempting to fill public service jobs with Northerners, political leaders in the zone made it a priority to ensure Northern representation was prominent. Um, the Northern representation in prominent positions in the federal government was possible, and to further their goal of providing opportunity to the North, the scholarship board and political leaders worked together to create openings in prominent positions in federal officers, ensuring the North had a voice. Um, in the decisions of the country. Bello established a number of organizations, including the North and Nigeria Development Corporation, NNDC, and the Bank of the North, and the North and Nigeria Investments, L LDT, and L NNIL. He worked to ensure that the people of Northern Nigeria were provided with better economic opportunities through these organizations, and he also strived to make sure that the citizens of Northern Nigeria required quality education and healthcare services, as well as access to, resource, um, to resources for economic development and job creation, which were soon going to be the end, which um, all these ideals were soon going to be the end of him. On, 9th, on, on January 15, 1966, Bello was assassinated by Major Chukuma Kwaduna Neguwa, who was a Igbo Nigerian army officer in a coup which toppled Nigeria's post-independence government, and he was still serving as a premier of northern Nigeria at the time. A coup is a sudden, is a sudden violent overthrow of a government and his death marked the end of an era of peaceful coexistence between the diverse ethnic and religious groups in Nigeria. This was the first coup in, his, in the history of Nigeria, which heralded the rise of military in the country's politics. The coup was thought to be a reaction to its implementation of policies that aimed to reduce the influence of certain powerful groups in the region and to promote economic development and political reform. It was also thought to be a result of frustration, of frustration with the slow pace of progress in the region. Also assassinated in the coup was his longtime friend, Alahi Sir Abukar Tawar Balewa, 
alongside many political elites in the North and the West. This tragic event was a stark reminder that the decade-long peace between Nigeria's many groups was fragile, and the large-scale politician upheaval could occur swiftly with dire consequences. Bello had three wives at the time. Ha- Hastafu, his senior wife, died alongside him, and the other two wives, Baba and Jamila, survived, um, survived, living the rest of their lives in mourning. He had three surviving daughters with other with another wife, Amina, and his held- and his eldest daughter was Ino, followed by Ashia and Luba and Luba Batu. Bello's greatest legacy was the modernization and unification of the diverse people of Northern Nigeria. He established a strong central government that created a single currency, abolished multiple taxes, and unified the laws of the region. He encouraged education, economic development, and encouraged the spread of Islamic faith. This unification was a remarkable achievement that had a lasting impact on the region. And this unification is similar to the forging of a chain, where in each individual link is strong, but together they're even stronger. When all the links work together, they can achieve more than they could ever do on their own. Bello's greatest legacy was the modernization and unification of the diverse people of northern Nigeria. He established a strong central, current, uh, strong central currency and government. He abolished multiple taxes and unified the laws of the region. He also encouraged education, economic development, and encouraged the spread of, is- of Islamic faith. The unification was a remarkable achievement that had a lasting impact on the region. This unification is similar to the forging of a chain, where each individual link is strong, but together they're even stronger. When, when all the links work together, they can achieve more than was possible than they could ever do on their own. Remember this analogy. Um, this and this analogy can probably bring back Nigeria from the way it is right now. The analogy that if we all work together as individual chains, we can uh, we can achieve more than was possible than we could ever do on our own. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I'm happy to answer any questions you guys might have, so just shoot me an email. Thank you guys for tuning in. Now I'm going to tune out.